The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter. Mark writes, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in glory of his father with his holy angels. Here ends the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Peace. Peace comes to us through faith. From Christ. Faith must come first since we cannot know peace until we know that somehow we have become righteous before God. Now, any sane person knows that righteousness cannot come by virtue of human work. Try as you might, we know that we are not righteous by virtue of what goods that we have done or what evil we have not done. We know that all is lost. There is no way for us to have peace because it is impossible for us to become righteous under our own power. Our moral excellence, well, it's none too excellent. So we try to do better. We do more religious works and good deeds 
but are ever mindful of how much we fall short. Romans 3.23 This persistent voice within us, well, it's the old hammer. It's the law. And it's pounding and grinding away at us. Now, all would be lost if that were the only voice that we ever heard. Yet there is the good word too, the good news, the gospel. And that word is Christ. We can never be righteous before God. And for the sake of the things that we do, we try to do, we try not to do, or we fail to do. Yet for the sake of Christ, those who believe and are forgiven of their sins, we become justified or made right with God through our faith in Christ. The result is that our peace comes from Christ, not from ourselves. Philippians 4, 7 and Colossians 3, 15. This is a most excellent peace that persists despite our less than excellent thoughts, words, and actions. Now I ask you, what do you want? What do you want for this life? How do you want God to work for you? For a Christian, glory, well, it's a constant temptation. Who wants suffering in a cross? Who doesn't want glory? But the problem with wanting glory, however, is that it can end up being all about, well, me, about you, what you do and what I do, our performance, our results, the quality and quantity of our works. That, well, that's living underneath the law. But as we heard in the reading today from Romans, we are not heirs of the promise. We don't receive the promise because we live by the law. We don't receive Jesus because of our works. We don't receive salvation, righteousness, and eternal life because of anything that we do. The promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. We are saved by grace through faith by Christ. Now, I can sympathize with Peter, because that was some rebuke by Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. And it, it's kind of funny that Peter tried to silence the one who silenced the religious leaders, the demons, and basically everyone else. Poor, misguided Peter who didn't have in mind the things of God, but the things of man, who wanted not a suffering and a dying Savior, but some kind of a glory story. Now, Jesus, he didn't beat around the bush with Peter. Isn't that one of the things that 
we tend to do as a church. We beat around the bush. We dance around what we hold to be true. And maybe here we could learn a bit from the stern, harsh, and very blunt Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we should be insensitive, but if we're too scared of offending people and we try too hard to water things down to make them palatable to unbelievers, we shoot ourselves in the foot. Christianity can then so easily become about what we do or our good works, our deeds, our perception of how to love our neighbors. Yet we need to speak truth in love. By nature, because of the fall and the congenitive disease of sin, we are born unclean. Sin has affected and infected everyone. And the end result without Christ is eternal punishment. And that's just what we deserve. But we can't dance around that forever. And let's face it, who without the Holy Spirit convicting them of truth is going to want a cross, a tortured, a humiliated, mutilated and crucified savior on the cross. I tell you, when we try to make sin, death and hell a little less harsh and a little more acceptable, when we try to make the suffering servant and the bloody cross palatable, we're doing what Peter did and we need to be set straight. Peter wanted a way other than the way of suffering and the cross. He wanted glory, anything but suffering and death. But Jesus, he sets Peter and others on the right path. Hey, you might be looking for a savior who's going to give you a glory story. Kick out the Romans and set you all up on thrones. But your thinking is the way of the evil foe. Get behind me, Satan. You don't even know what this is about. You have to die. All of your ideas about what's right and what's wrong, they have to die. All of your ideas of what we can achieve for me and how it can be achieved, well, they have to die. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus here is saying nothing less than you have to go to die. All of our ideas about what is glorious, all of our ideas about what we can do, what works we can do, our righteousness, our piety, all of that has to suffer and die so that in the end, 
All that we have, all that we can see is Christ alone. In other words, Jesus tells us, my way of salvation is the way of the cross. As your sinful nature drowns with me in baptism, as I declare worthless and kill your best works of the law with my absolution, as I strip you of all of your pride and all of your efforts and all of your good ideas of how I should operate, and I leave you with nothing, nothing for you to contribute by simply giving you a horrible and suffering cross and things like words on a page, water from a tap, and humble bread and wine. That's how the power of God is on display. When it comes to receiving the promise of salvation, of righteousness, and of eternal life, all our glory stories, our works, our striving are put to death by the cross upon which everything was done for us. All of our efforts at repair, all of our efforts to improve our positive thinking, all works of the law are killed by the cross. So all that we have left is Christ and the new life, the new hope, the gift that Christ gives us. Now, as Christians, we are passive recipients. And passive is from the same root as passion and literally, literally means the same as suffering. We suffer as all of our sin and our pious works get stripped away and all we have left is Christ. All we have left is naked trust in the mercy of God displayed and given so surprisingly through our crucified and risen Lord. It's then that we realize that even our good works aren't our works of the law. They are Jesus's works of grace done through us. Our lives as Christians are, well, unfortunately, they're not about glory. We're called to deny ourselves and to take up our cross. And I think that we would probably much rather have glory. Glory, comfort, recognition, rewards. But as Luther said on good biblical grounds, whoever does not know God hidden in suffering does not, does not know God at all. And it is only through suffering in the cross that sinners can see and come to know God. If we are honest, <laughs> even hearing that, don't we still want glory? That's the nature of the old Adam, simultaneously sinner and saint, still working in us. 
Now, I don't know if I could ever say that this suffering is from God and it is good. Even though we call the day on which Jesus died horrifically on that cross, Good Friday. It's not a good feeling when God operates on us, convicting us of our sins and reducing our works to nothing. So all that we have left is Christ and the cross. It is not a good feeling to realize God has to do it all. To be rendered totally passive. It's not good being slapped down, having our wills killed so that God's will can be established in us. But it's the only way that leads to glory. We can thank God that we've been set free from the works of the law. Striving to perform, striving for success and glory in order to be sure of God's love. It is finished. It is complete. That's what he said on the cross. God is present with us here. And his power is on display as he strengthens, renews and matures our faith, stripping away our sin Stripping away our pride, our striving, and our own thirst for glory. So so that it's only Christ for us and through us. Only those who believe in Christ, who are blessed by their faith, are righteous before God. And it seems so incredible And the getting used to that, well, that's part, it's part of the dying process that Jesus calls us to do. Christ and his cross. There's no need for anything else. As an heir of the promise, simply look at the promise, the cross and the crucified one. See there your righteousness and the love of God for the whole world. See the one who will one day share true glory with you and with all who do nothing more or less than simply believe. May that give you peace. May that peace The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.